This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 16 is brought to you by IGUS. For all of my U.S. traders out there, understand that the Forex market is a great market to trade, but it gets even greater when the United States stock market does fall. And that day will come, and when it does, you are going to want to be ready to attack. And do not be ready to attack with a subpar broker. IGUS is heavily backed by IG, lowest spreads in the United States, great customer service, everything you need. And if you act now, they are actually paying you to sign up. So even if they're not your first broker, if they're your second broker, you're still getting paid to have two. Get $250 cash back after your first trade. Or if you're Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, you can also get $5,000 back after you open 300 lots. The choice is easy. Don't waste time. And if you're outside the U.S., I have two really great recommendations for you down below in the description and in the show notes. So go check that out. And one quick disclaimer, it's the same as every disclaimer. What you are about to hear is not financial advice, even though it's really going to sound like it. I am not a licensed financial advisor, and do not do anything I say. The disclaimer is always in the show notes if you ever need a reference. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and this past Monday in the United States stock market, we had a little bit of a drop, didn't we? And I can actually stress the word little, because if you are a contrarian investor and you invest in some of the things that we take part in, the type of drop we saw in that market was really nothing to get too scared over, but scared people did get. Twitter was going nuts. Financial media was going nuts. All because they thought this was the beginning of the end, all because of a little company called Evergrande in China. Um, Some people were calling it Evergrande, which I thought was funny. I don't think it has any Latino influence. I could be wrong, but I don't think it does. Um, But they are defaulting and defaulting hard, And the big question is, is this going to have a ripple effect on the rest of world markets? Now, I say it all the time. I am not a very good macro guy. I just have sources that I draw from just like you do. And from everything I was seeing, it was pretty split down the middle. Some people said it was definitely going to. Some people said it wasn't going to have any effect at all. Uh, But that's what macro people are paid to do. It's just like crypto YouTube. You know, they want clicks, so they put opinions out there even if they don't really have one. So that really wasn't much help. Uh, But what also really wasn't much help is the market just rebounded right back up as the week progressed. Um, But for the first time in probably all of 2021, I think people were legitimately spooked. And I'll bet a lot of you out there were probably wondering at some point, you know, what would happen to all of my, you know, more volatile contrarian investments should this market fall? Is it going to take all of my investments down with it? How much pain am I willing to withstand? Should I just wait for the whole thing to crash and then jump in to some of these investments? So we're going to answer some of these questions on this episode. Now, in terms of how much pain you are willing to withstand, I have no idea, but I can tell you this. If you do not have a very high pain tolerance, you are in the wrong space and you are listening to the wrong podcast. You know, this volatility is what we sign up for. If we want the great upside, we also have to deal with the great downside. So if you are truly meant for this game, you shouldn't be too worried what happens to the market. You should embrace a market crash. 
As a Forex trader, I am feverishly waiting for a market crash. But as an investor, I am too, even though I know my portfolio is going to go down at first. So let's talk about that. So when the market finally does crash and the everything bubble bursts, what is going to happen to things like precious metals, crypto, natural resources, you know, things like that? Well, we don't really know for sure because all of these drops, all of these recessions play out differently. Now, fortunately, we do have a bit of history on our side, very recent history, which is nice. We have March of 2020 to look back on. And it was a very interesting fall because of how quickly it rebounded, because of how quickly the government was there to cheat, how quickly they artificially inseminated a dying economy. We've never seen anything like that before. But if you follow macro at all, I think we can all pretty much reasonably assume that if the market legitimately does start falling at an alarming rate, they are probably going to try that again. Now, I want to remind you, too, the Fed was firing trillions of dollars into the economy all the way down. They were calling them bazookas. I remember it very clearly uh, because I was laughing how they were putting legit trillions into the economy and it just kept falling like nothing happened. Then one day they did it again and the market finally tapped out and then started that V-shaped rebound. Now, when the market did fall, what went down with it? Pretty much everything. A lot of people in the Bitcoin community, for example, thought it was going to be this perfect safe haven that wasn't going to go down at all if the market crashed. If anything, it was going to immediately go up. But score one for the boomers because the old school macro guys knew that no matter what it is, when the market starts to crash, the riskiest assets go first. Almost always. Uh, but VP, Bitcoin should not be considered risky. Cash is what's really risky. No, it's not. <laughs> Ten years from now, okay. But anything that has the ability to go down 50 to 80% in a crash like that is always going to be considered extremely risky until completely proven otherwise. You know, the only thing that did go up in this crash was cash. Now, why does this happen? Well, first of all, a lot of these risky assets involve a lot of leverage. A lot of leverage that, in my opinion, shouldn't be there. You know, you guys all want to wave the DeFi flag and want everything to be absolutely unregulated no matter what. Uh, well, that's fine. You're entitled to think that. But you know, there's going to be downsides to this, too. There are consequences to a completely lawless society. And as long as we have these places where people can lever up to the tits on Bitcoin, it's not going to take much at all for major drops to start happening. And then will those drops be the catalyst for greater drops thereafter? Well, this week that wasn't the case. But if the market does drop and then just keeps dropping... What's going to happen then? Well, probably the same thing that happened back in March 2020. Now, I'm not bad-mouthing crypto at all. You guys know I love crypto. I have crypto. I'm bullish on crypto. Um, but if you guys think the American stock market is going to legitimately crash and you are not going to take a major hit to your crypto portfolio, you better think again because the chances of that happening are extremely high. And who out there thinks the crypto market is anything but fragile? Look at what happened on Friday. China bans Bitcoin for the 285th time. The whole world should be doing nothing but laughing at this point. Uh, but no, the, the crypto market has a sharp sell-off. The crypto market has, and will for a long time probably have a lot, like a disturbingly high amount of weak, dumb, and over-leveraged hands in it. That is not a good recipe. 
That is a manipulator's dream come true. So if a complete non-news story can take the market down the way it did, what do you think a stock market crash is going to do? Now, I don't even feel like I should have to explain this, but there's so many people out there that think the crypto market is just this immaculate, bulletproof market, and it's the complete opposite. You know, I can understand being extremely bullish on crypto and being a, even being a maximalist, uh, but just don't add delusional to the mix. Now, you may also think that you're going to be slick and agile and get ahead of it and dump your positions before the market crashes. Well, there are probably a lot of people who did that on Monday. And then the market rebounded, so they flipped out, bought back, and now it's down again. <laughs> you know, this is what happens to these people. Yeah, you want to get cute, you're also going to get wrecked. And I don't recommend doing this anyway. Just be right and sit tight. Acting like you're smart enough to predict a market crash is a bad strategy all the time. Don't do it. Now, what about things like gold? The ultimate defense. Should have been safe, right? Nope. Gold took a hit too. Gold miners took a big hit. Now, why was this? Well, as always the case, people need to liquidate their positions. And unfortunately, people are levered up on gold too. Why? Because of the paper market. And as long as that paper market is there to give us an extra option, and for people who normally would not be able to get exposure to gold to get exposure to gold, you know, those are all good things. But it also allows people through the futures market to short it when the time comes and to liquidate long positions without even thinking about it. Now, people say, well, gold is usually a great protection against a falling stock market. It is. You're right. But this last drop back in March 2020 was very unique to anything else to where it rebounded so quickly. Most people, and when I say people, I really mean like the large funds that have grandma's pension, like the gigantic funds out there, didn't even have time to move their money into gold. Gold will go down with the market, but then eventually it will rise well before the market does, assuming we have a sustained recession, which we did not. It rebounded so quickly that gold did not even have time to do what gold does. <laughs> Think about that. Uh, but when the everything bubble bursts and everything starts going down for real and no amount of money can save it this time, you're going to be glad you had your money in things like gold. Now, turning to oil, oh boy. We saw what it did, right? Uh, futures price went negative. Uh, now, unless you held futures contracts, uh, all of your oil-related stocks did not go negative, uh, but certainly fell quite a bit because Saudi Arabia and Russia got together during this time of panic to pull some shenanigans, and people panicked even further. Now, is this in danger of happening again? I would say almost certainly not. You have to remember the sentiment back then. You know, people were really flipping out, and not just people in the financial world. Everybody was flipping out because we didn't know anything about what was going on or how deadly this thing was or how contagious this thing was. And the markets were reacting accordingly. So understand just what an anomaly it was, but we can still take away some real lessons from it. And we don't know what the rebound is going to be like or how long it's going to take to rebound once the really big crash happens. But we do know what happened on the way down. And we know that our contrarian investments are not safe. Far from it. But now in terms of how we do things on this podcast, the big question we need to answer here is, should the possibility of this happening deter us from taking action now? My answer is a defiant no. And I'm very certain in this answer. As a contrarian investor, 
as somebody who holds cryptocurrencies and mining stocks and other commodities poised to do well in a down market. I'm not scared one bit. I'm ready for it. I wouldn't have gotten in this if I didn't have the stomach for it. I invest money I can afford to lose. And I look at things like market crashes as an opportunity to buy more. Knowing that the first investments to come out of the darkness and back into the sunshine are going to be your contrarian investments. Just like they are every time. Now I will say on this podcast, down the road, we will be talking about base metals, battery metals, things like that. And the reason I have not talked about them yet is because in my opinion, you've heard me say this before, I don't think those things are going to come into play until we legitimately start building again. Right now, we are very hesitant to build. And if the market crashes, the last thing any company is going to have on their mind is we need to start investing a bunch of money into building things. Now, I could be totally wrong about that, but that's my perspective. And that is the route I've chosen to take on this podcast. But as far as all the investments we have talked about so far, I really like their chances in a sustained crash. And I like their chances to do very, very well. If a recession goes long enough, i.e. more than a month, to where you give those big institutions enough time to pivot in the gold because they're freaking out and they're losing clients and all of their money, that is going to be amazing for gold and especially for gold miners. And silver should follow suit like it always does. Now, we just got done speaking about oil on last week's episode, and I think oil is just going to do what it's going to do regardless of what the stock market does. It's not even really dependent on that long term or even midterm. You know, short term, it might go down. Great. Uh, but we've done so much damage to that sector already, it's bound to go up no matter what. And then I think the cryptocurrency market's just going to keep doing what it does too. I think a big crash in the United States stock market is going to be a really great endorsement for sound money. And if cryptocurrencies can show strength through this, that's going to be a really great advertisement for them through the next decade. Now, apart from being right and sitting tight, which is really the only way to approach contrarian investing if you want to be successful, uh, because waiting and suffering is just part of the game. I will repeat what Rick Rule said before. He has never had a 10-bagger that did not lose 50% first, at least 50%. So if you want the upside, you got to tolerate the downside. It's just it. But what you can also do is something we've talked about on the show many times. The two-tranche system. Put some money down now on whatever it is you're looking at, and then have another tranche ready to go if the market crashes and you can get in at a very deep discount. And then you just simply average down. What I would not recommend you do is sit around and wait for a big crash to happen and then try to buy everything at or near the bottom. First of all, the next crash might not go down anywhere near the way I described. <laughs> you know, this is just our best guess, really. You know, it's just like trading. You know, we look at history to try to determine the future. And at the end of the day, that's all we can do. Um, but we're going to be wrong sometimes. And then what if the crash doesn't come for another five, six, seven years, but all of these investments still go crazy? What if the market does have a sustained crash, but sentiment is so shitty that nobody wants to buy anything and they're all afraid to buy anything, including you. And then when the rebound does come, you still end up missing out on that opportunity you were waiting so long for. Contrarians, listen. The scariest part about a legitimate market crash is not having to absorb the downside. It's you being timid and foolish and a cheap ass and missing out on this generational upside. 
This is the real fear everybody should have. The fear of not taking action when things were calm and you had the chance to. Trust me, I know a lot of you are asking me this question because deep down you want to play Super Ninja Stealth Sniper and get these things at super deep discounts and you won't spend a penny on them until you can because you're afraid of drawdown. And why are you afraid of drawdown? Because at the end of the day, you are lying to yourself and everybody else and you are not actually risking money you can truly afford to lose. If you were, none of this would matter. You would have your positions down and you would be excited for the recession. Give me your worst. Open up the gates of financial Armageddon and let my bitch ass in. I am ready for this. I am built for this. I have been waiting for this. This is the mentality you must adopt going forward. Now, if I sound crazy because I'm saying this, well, that's fine. I'm used to it. You actually do get crazier as you get older. That's the truth. But, uh, but it's super fun. I don't know why people are so worried about it. Uh, but if the everything bubble does pop and everything completely collapses, is it going to suck? Yes, absolutely. But when the dust settles... And we're the ones left standing, not just left standing, but standing taller than everybody else. You should resist the urge to gloat. But what you absolutely can say is that we were not crazy. We were just early. <laughs>